Like most people, when they go into a sales meeting, they prepare how to start the meeting. I prepare how they should end that meeting. Hello, and a big welcome to Hot Sauce, where we'll cover the hottest topics within sauce, together with brilliant guests. Are you also curious about fast-growing companies and the people behind them? Welcome aboard. My name is Max Nyman. I'm the CEO of LimeGo, and this is an interactive podcast where you can give suggestions on upcoming guests and topics. You can also jump into discussions with other listeners by leaving comments or upvoting their suggestions. I'm determined to become one of the greatest within B2B sauce, which is why I invite thought leaders and pick their brains about how to scale their companies. However, there are so many fast-growing companies out there and new ones appearing all the time. I only know a fraction, and that's why I want to give you the opportunity to have an impact on the episodes and its content. Hit the link in the episode to interact and affect. Enough already, let's get to it. All right, Tobias, warm welcome. Thank you very much, and thank you for the, uh, for the invitation. Yeah, of course, my pleasure. And uh, to set the scene a bit, where are you located at the moment? Uh, at this particular moment, I'm in uh, a small little beach town in Sri Lanka called Ahangama. Um, it- only been here for like little less than a week, so I can't really say much about it. But uh, so far, it seems uh, it seems quite nice. Yeah, nice. And uh, I think that goes into like uh, what you do and uh, your uh, um, entrepreneurship. Do you want to tell me a bit about, uh, yeah, what do you help uh, people and companies with? I Very, very shortly, I build sales processes, um, particularly for SaaS businesses, particularly for early stage SaaS businesses, um, an industry I come from myself and been working in as a sales leader. I think that SaaS businesses is, is the most amount of fun you can have, but it's also extremely challenging as you as, as you know yourself. Um, founders and salespeople, no matter if it's VPs or reps or what it is, can, can struggle a lot to, to sell. Um, and my perspective is that there is a lot of very, very capable sales reps and professional salespeople, founders as well, uh, that will succeed far more if they have a proven sales process to lean against. Um, so I help these SaaS uh, companies to come in, build a sales process very early on, a pre-seed stage, a seed stage. Then we prove that the, the founders can sell. Then we prove the non-founders can sell, and then they're ready to actually uh, to actually execute and uh, and scale the SaaS business uh, going towards Series A and B uh, raisings. Mm. Yeah. And I can imagine that you are doing this because of your own experience, not having a good enough support perhaps in the sales process or like understanding the, the value of it. Yeah, like I've been working for companies with more than 100,000 employees. Uh, I also work for a company with more than 8,000 employees uh, within within finance. Uh, I had uh, I had far better clothes back then um, and, uh, yeah. and, and shiny <laughs> shoes. Uh, but even in those companies, like you were just handed a phone and told to sell. And I was sat there 21, 22 years old, didn't know what was going on. And I just tried, tried whatever the best I could. Um, and then I came mm. into SaaS and I, as a sales leader in SaaS in particular, like I had a thousand different tasks that I needed to, uh, to, 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 to execute. And actually, at the end of it, I had kind of maybe a bit of a bad conscience because I, I didn't feel like I could structure my sales process as much as I wanted. I didn't feel like I had enough time to actually coach people. I didn't feel like I had enough time enough time to set people up for success. 
and it just ended with me being a bottleneck because of uh, imp reporting or all sorts of things hiring uh one-to-ones uh buying sales enablement tools uh, yeah. uh reporting uh partnerships and it ended up with me being a bottleneck because i i was a part yeah. of every single deal uh instead of having the time to to enable uh the sales people and uh that company would have been far more successful if I had the if I had the time to to put a, together a, a proper sales process, yeah. and that's what I try to repeat now for for other SaaS businesses. That yeah, cool. Founders they succeed by being very very motivated and have deep industry knowledge and so on. Uh, have a network. Uh, salespeople succeed by executing a proven sales process that we know. Like okay, if we do these if we do these step by step uh, activities. We do it in a certain way. We ask certain questions and so on. We will, like, quite predictably uh, turn uh, a better amount of our leads into into revenue. Mm. Yeah, uh, definitely makes sense. Um, and I know the feeling of, of uh, feeling like a bottleneck, and it's uh, quite a, a struggle, uh, especially in the in the early days. Uh, but uh, just to, to understand fully for the listeners, you are a uh, like consultant. You have your own business. You are uh, can I call you a nomad traveling around? Yeah, you can. You can. That's 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 probably what I is. Um, I did. Uh, I, I began uh, late 2022. Uh, I started my own business. Actually, I started uh, doing uh, doing free work for a few uh, for a few Danish SaaS businesses mm-hmm. uh, to actually to actually get down to okay, what is what what is my um, services um and then i quickly realized that okay what i thought uh was a lack uh where i came from was also lacking in all other SaaS companies that i got my hands into and now i looked into mm. maybe 30 crm instances for, for scandinavian SaaS companies i can see everyone's struggling with the same um so uh so that's why i'm uh, that's that's why I'm, i try to to come in and, and structure it uh so people know what to do when to do it and and, and how to actually uh perform what they have to perform um so yeah just a one-man business uh a one-man traveling business uh one-man show yeah a bit like a circus but uh but it works out well nice and you said the uh, late 2022 so it's been uh, like a year it's gone fast no yeah, it, it, it went uh, it, it went quite fast uh, suddenly, um, especially after I began being more active on LinkedIn. Actually, uh, I've relied only on inbound leads and have experienced uh, a lot of interest um, for, for for my support, and um, that's of course been uh, been great. Um, and I'm getting better every day uh, by by helping these SaaS business businesses because I can utilize the learnings I have from each case uh, to, to to do even better at the next one. Definitely. And that makes me super curious to talk about uh, like um, how you've uh, taken the, the step to start your own business. And you, you said, first of all, you started off with some free gigs, uh, a couple. And then like, when did you take the step to realize, okay, I can charge for this? And how did you set your pricing? Oh, yeah, that's a difficult, <laughs> that's a difficult one. Uh, yeah, the first thing I did was call 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 a few uh, few contacts within the within the SaaS network industry, and they were all like, "Yeah, we would like some help, but we don't have any money." And like, you know, you you, you know the you know the deal. And I was last like, "Yeah, I'm just like yeah, classic." I I I already at that point made a pitch deck. Uh, I 
I think I spent a month making it and it was like looking back at it, it was super, super unclear uh, whatever I did. Like I, I didn't even know. And it's asking yourself the question, like what can, what services can I bring that people will actually pay for? It's like, it, it's, it's a difficult question to ask yourself actually. Um, but doing these a couple of free gigs actually gave me a lot of insights into okay, this is actually what what these companies need. Um, and um, then I uh, then I suddenly began charging for it for for companies that uh, that were interested in in my service, and that was that was through network and and uh, and mouth to mouth marketing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't done one cold outreach actually since I since I began my business. Um, well. But uh, but then we got there, and then then I uh, then I doing a pricing at first. It's just like telling people a number, and then yeah. look at look at their reaction. Uh, see how it goes. See how it goes, and it was super yeah. low in the beginning because I, I I I felt that okay, I want to be absolutely sure that I can uh, be many times more valuable than what they're paying me. So it was super super low in the beginning. Um, and now I'm now I'm at a rate. Uh, what, where what is super super low? Just reference. It was like ten. Like I do monthly engagements. Uh, it was like ten thousand a month, uh, fifteen thousand a month. It was like uh, twenty thousand for full hotspot Danish. setup. Uh, yeah, Danish. Um, so yeah. around uh, fifteen hundred, uh, fifteen hundred dollars, uh, two thousand dollars a month. Um, $3,000 for full hotspot setup, $3,000 for four months of coaching, uh, a BDR and so on. Like it was, wow. it, it, it was crazy That's low. Cheap. Um, that, that is cheap. Yeah. That is cheap. Now I'm, now I'm at a different rate. I, I've, I've been, I've been structuring my services a few times to accommodate, um, the market feedback that I got. Um, so yeah. now I just have two, two services. Both of them is uh, subscription based. Um, both of them is an engagement of six to nine months, where I'm paid um, something in between uh, three thousand euros and five thousand euros, five five and a half thousand euros um, mm-hmm. for uh, for my work, um, and then we remote. And then uh, during that time, we, we we make sure to create a sales process that works. Uh, we have a playbook that people can execute against. We hire uh, non-founders to execute that playbook. We coach those uh, hires to, to execute that playbook. And they, whenever I leave them, they have uh, they have something that they can get someone else to uh, scale. So they can they can pull in a VP of sales or head of sales or what 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 else uh, they want to call. It. And they already have a proven framework that they can go in and then help scale that framework instead of uh, instead of being the builders of it as Many salespeople are not used to building sales processes. They they are used to executing sales processes. Um, so that's what we give them uh, during those six to nine months. And that is usually, as I said, pre-seed uh, or seed-funded companies who are targeting some kind of Series A or even someone who wants to go uh, to 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 go break even now uh, because that is getting that is getting more and mm. more uh, more and more modern, right? Yeah, more and more focused, definitely. Okay, so so basically, you went from uh, one thousand five hundred euros ish to now three to five k per month, and then it's for either six or nine months for like the subscription packages. Yeah, yeah, and and the, the three to five and a half uh, thousand euros is for, is for less work than I did in the beginning. Um, yeah. Also, but um, 
the, re the reasoning for pricing, now you ask for pricing, the reasoning for pricing is that for the 3000, uh, you can e either hire uh, a junior SDR uh, that will probably fail if they don't have any support, or you can hire me to get the current SDRs to work. Um, the 5,000 euros, 5,500 euros is, uh, you can hire an AE that will probably fail, or you can hire me to set uh, the AEs, the existing AEs up to succeed, or uh, do the do do the do the work for them for the AEs that eventually will get in to succeed. Um, that is that is the reasoning of uh, about the pricing. Yeah, well, that um, makes a lot of sense, and it's a uh, it's a big leap in one year. But uh, as you say, it's it's uh, it's obvious. So when you look at the ROI, what would you like to to bet on the existing team to ramp them up, or just hire new ones that will likely fail? Exactly, exactly, and. That's what you see a lot of SaaS businesses. Okay, we we hired uh, we hired uh, a few AEs that didn't work out. We hired a VP of sales that didn't work out, and then they're looking for another solution. But then already now, if they're if they're funded um, by external capital, they're al they're already now looking into to some kind of endgame. Um, so I would yeah. strongly advise people to 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 do things uh, differently at first uh, to. If you're a founder, to get some help, external help that can be from me, that can be from 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 uh, the VC you have, that could be from uh, from a mentorship or something like that. But yeah. prove that you, as a founder, can sell the same solution design to ten to fifteen customers that you didn't previously knew, not friends and family, not VC, uh, uh, not uh, other VC-funded companies that they know or something like that. But you can you can predictably and provenly uh, sell it somehow and then um, you can hire some AEs in to, to execute that uh, process and then we can actually say, okay, now we can make non-founders sell and then we have to get some redemption rates and so on as well, of course, but then we can put on more people and more people and more people and see, okay, does it break? And if it's, if it's not breaking, like we have something figured out and then it's ready to be scaled. Then, yeah. Ah, cool. And uh, to talk a bit about uh, your audience, would you say that the ICP is the, the persons or the team uh, that doesn't have a sales process at all or that they have the first one iterated, but it's not really like working, they're not really scaling on it? Yeah, I work with, I work with two kinds of companies. Uh, one of them is the, the preceded, recently preceded company with two or three founders who reach out to me and say, okay, we got some money, now we need a plan. Uh, to spend that money in the, in the right way, uh, and yeah. then we and then we we set up a process. I help the founders, uh, I support them in, in the selling game, and then we uh, set up an early sales team uh, and, yeah. and a process to execute. The other kind of company is uh, probably the seed funded company. They have two, three, four salespeople already, but they're not getting that. It's not working as they hoped it would work. Um, mm. so they, so, so they call me and it's like and, average and, performance, basically. Yeah. It's average performance, even below average. And they want, they want someone to come in and, and, and try to fix that. Mm. Yeah. And the, when you come in and see those uh, companies, those people, those processes or non-existing processes, uh, can you share some of the most common mistakes that you see people do or the like first thing that you try to implement and maybe not coach, but like talk about? The first, the first thing seems very, very simple, but it's probably not the first thing because the first thing is like nailing your ICP and all that stuff. But we all know that. 
Um, but but the first thing I, I, I really do and where we really create uh, create some value uh, in the sales process as such is to go in and know exactly the next step that we take every single time, exactly what we need to hear from a, from a prospect in a meeting to suggest that next step and how we sell next steps and what value next steps have. So I see so many times that the founders, the salespeople, they don't know what the next step, they're walking into a demo and they don't know what to propose as the next step. Um, and they don't know how to sell that next step either. And if they know yeah. the next step, they don't know what value that next step brings for the prospect. They only know what value it brings to them. Like, I would really like uh, for you to bring uh, these uh, these numbers or this uh, internal stakeholder to the next meeting, but they don't know, they're not aware of why should the prospect actually engage in your next step as you're yeah. presenting it in a way that is only beneficial to you as a salesperson. Um, so that is the first thing Perfect. we do. Like, what is the next steps? And then we try to make what I call hooks. Like how do we sell the next step? And how do we put in some perceived value for the buyer in that next step? Um, mm -hmm. Really, really simple. Um, you should think that it's not that difficult, but uh, and, and a lot of uh, a lot of companies don't have that. And just by doing that, we can see an, a dramatic increase in in uh, how fast the sales process is. Uh, how the win rates is, how much information that we get out of uh, out of each uh, each uh, selling cycle, and uh, yeah. and the salespersons, no matter if the founder or if, uh, or if it's reps, uh, just uh, remain in much more control. Um, so we also get better data from it. Um, yeah. So that is that is one of the first things I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Makes a lot of sense, and I I feel that you're onto something there because a lot of people know that we have a sales process and we should ask or say something, but then it's like stuck onto the next one. Uh, so really mm -hmm. finding that hook or that bridge between the the gaps. Uh, and how how would you say that you would support that implementing it in a sales process? Is it like a checklist or is it some sort of uh, uh, like uh, library of what you can can say and listen to talking points or or how do you work with that? Mm -hmm. Like most people, when they go into a sales meeting, they prepare how to start the meeting. Uh, yeah. I prepare how they should end that meeting. Um, I never script anything other than the last three, four sentences of a meeting. Uh, I, that is scripted for the reps uh, and for the sellers to say uh, these exact four or five sentences at the end of the meeting. Only if we had some milestones during the meeting, uh, but how we conduct meetings is frameworks. Like, okay, we have some checkboxes and we need to close those boxes because we don't want to take the personality out of the salesperson and all sorts of, uh, and all those things. And they should have the freedom to navigate within those meetings and, and use the skills. Mm. Uh, but the last three, four, five sentences of a meeting, that is scripted. Um, and, uh, and then we put in some, uh, some some tactical friction into the CRM system, of course, where they have to where they have to answer some questions if they want to move the deal the deal down the pipeline. If they can't ask, like, answer those questions, then that, like that, then then we missed out on something, right? Um, so yeah, I think that when I see sales buzz, especially sales consultants like myself, there's a lot of my competitors, so to say that build these very, very complex systems that only themselves can navigate in. And they, they have the, the, 
businesses have to be uh, evergreen customers of them because they're, they're the only one who can handle it. I try to build something yeah. that is so simple to execute that you can actually uh, hire people that have never been in sales before. They can read the playbook. They can have a conversation with me or someone who had executed the uh, sales process for, for some time, and then they will execute sort of good enough. Of course, there's a lot of learning for how to do discovery and a good demo and all of this stuff. But they can understand the sales process. They can understand what do I do and when do I do it. Um, so we can guide not only the buyers, but only the, also the sellers and guide the sellers to guide the buyers uh, to make it to make it social media. Yeah, no, definitely. And uh, I, I like that idea of just scripting the last sentences because then you give the, the wiggle room for them to feel free and do their thing. Like, as you said, not losing the personal touch, but then the final touches, that's the most important thing and how to plan the next step, basically. Yeah, yeah, and they they can switch out some words and so on, but but it's just like they have to understand exactly how we are going to phrase the end of the meeting to get that next step in. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Cool. Uh, okay, and I want to talk a bit about uh, LinkedIn, but before we dive into to that one, uh, let's shoot some quick questions, and I want some quick answers. Are you ready? I'll uh, I'll give it my best. All right, cool. Um, favorite tool in your revenue tech stack? HubSpot. And uh, one thing you use uh, ChatGPT for? Uh, grammar check my LinkedIn posts. How do you constantly come up with new content for LinkedIn? Uh, I pen and paper whenever I had a meeting with uh, an ICP or revenue leader or, or just someone in my network, I, I note down ideas while I, uh, while I, while I talk to them. And uh, then I read a lot of content myself, books um, mm. uh, and reports and so on. And the best thing about running your own business? Uh, freedom to freedom one thing is a personal freedom to be where i that i can be in sri lanka right now uh to work yeah. as many hours as as i want um but there's also a big freedom in choosing your own projects um there's a lot of guys actually like disqualifying boring stuff <laughs> yeah but, but like there's a lot of guys who 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 is mocking me a bit we're friends but so they can but they they say you can earn a lot more if you if if you help uh, Series B, Series D, Series C companies, and they need they need the kind of help you provide just as much as the smaller companies. But to be yeah. frank, I just I, I just love to to work with those, these very very small and agile organizations where I can talk, where I talk directly to the founder and we're solving we're solving problems and we can solve problems within days and not weeks or months. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And the worst thing about uh, running your own business? Uh, uh, do, doing the books, uh, sending invoices, uh, and so on. Uh, tax reports and all of those stuff that gets, uh, like, I'm really, really happy I got an accountant because even though I have an accountant, it's, oh, it's cumbersome and it's boring. Um, so, yeah, that's yeah. the worst part, definitely. <laughs> All right, cool. And uh, the optimal sales process, how many steps does it have? Oh, that's a difficult question. So that's, that's probably, that's probably not uh, one single question to that. 
to that uh, question, but I can say something like a range, maybe. Maybe somewhat between six and nine stages. Um, some will say it's a lot, uh, but yeah. what I have experienced is that the, the more stages you actually have, the quicker with the quicker your uh, your deal will progress through the pipeline. Um, which sounds counterintuitive, uh, but as we have to proceed through stages, and those stages are very very specific. Uh, we have a tendency to just uh, make these uh, deals progress a lot faster instead of getting stuck in one stage. Um, that is back to yeah. knowing the next step and selling that uh, effectively and so on. But um, I think that most sales process actually have two to few steps uh, which make them more complicated than they have to be. Like more steps will make them yeah. better, better. The sales cycle lengths will be, get uh, shortened, and uh, and uh, they will be more much simpler to actually uh, to, to actually execute. Mm. That is interesting. It's a bit uh, controversial because uh, six to nine, I would say, also is uh, like a bit uh, many. But uh, I think it works definitely if you get the organization to go in and update the the, the deal information. Right? Otherwise, it's just a reverse effect. Yeah, and then of course we have to we, we have to be very aware to 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 make uh, everything that's not that doesn't bring value to the reps has to be automated in in, in some way, um, and everything mm. that uh, has a perceived value to the reps and that is my job and the founder's job to to explain them how this is valuable to them and how this will make them more successful if they're doing um, these tasks. But I do I try to make it uh, because I'm a salesperson myself. I've never been a sales leader just. Uh, overwatching the sales department, I've been selling all my life. I would, uh, I was about to say, uh, so I know how cumbersome yeah. it is if someone comes in. Hey, you have to fill in this property every time. You have to lock this. You have to lock that. I try to. I'm, I'm the advocate of the of the sales reps here, um, not the uh, not the CFO or the VC or, or someone uh, someone like that. Uh, I'm always yeah. the advocate of, of of the execution of before uh, before the other stakeholders. Yeah, you've you've had your boots on the ground, so you know how it is. <laughs> I definitely, I definitely did. Cool. And the last one on the the quick uh, questions and answers: best uh, career advice that you've ever gotten or heard. If you are if you're going to do something, do it probably. Um, I would uh, I would say. Uh, my father always said that to me, and uh, even though I'm uh, I'm something I'm someone that likes to execute quick uh, and ship quick and see if things works, and it doesn't. Um, it uh, I, I have to do it with uh, with some sort of uh, some sort of quality. Um, so if you have to do something, make sure that you do it properly. Yeah. Cool. That's good. All right. Let's uh, leave the, the quick questions. Uh, and I want to talk a bit about LinkedIn. You, you said that when you started to post on LinkedIn, you really saw an effect on like the inbound and, uh, and so on. Uh, can you tell me a bit about, do you have a structure for how often you post? When did you like decide to double down on it? And uh, how, what, has, uh, what effect has that given? I post every day um, besides weekends, Saturday and Sunday. Every day? Every day, Monday to Friday. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I uh, yeah. I have sort of a structure um, to make 
top funnel, mid funnel, and bottom funnel content. Uh, I know that I can always create a post that will get wildly many engagements and reach. Uh, Fair. That, those Spicy. posts will very, very rarely have uh, any value uh, when it comes to, to sales. Um, but it's like personal posts, journey posts, uh, uh, posts about being a digital nomad, all these sort of stuff. Like they, they, they get a lot of reach. Uh, that is a lot of eyeballs. Mm-hmm. Mid funnel content is tips and tricks, tactics, uh, stories, um, information uh, that uh, that sales leaders, founders, and sales reps can use. And bottom funnel, bottom funnel content is uh, something I do like once a week where I say like, this was what, what one of my customers or clients achieved. This was what I achieved. If you want the same results or anything like that, uh, reach out oh. to me in the DMs. Um, and it's like a right. 20% top funnel, 60% mid funnel and 20% bottom funnel content um, around that, uh, that I do. Wow, um, that's a solid structure. The LinkedIn algorithm is a funny thing. So uh, some some weeks it's through the roof with engagement and and reach and DMs and some weeks or even months can be very very slow, um, but it evens out in the end. And and uh, as I said earlier, I haven't done one cold outreach uh, since I uh, yeah. began my own business. It's not that I opposed to do cold outreach, but um, as I knew that I would uh, probably be in uh, in Southeast Asia. Uh, I wouldn't rely on sitting and, and cold calling, um, so I had to find another yeah. another channel uh, that I could like that I could get my leads from, and that uh, that became LinkedIn. Well, yeah, makes a lot of sense, and uh, uh, I can imagine it, it would be difficult to cold call from the <laughs> Sri Lanka hostels or hotels uh, with bad reception. So uh, I think you you picked the right strategy. That was. Uh... Yeah, I, I think so too. I think so too. Uh, it's a twenty-four-seven uh, sales rep sits right there, and mm. I th- I also think that uh, the these founders, the sales reps, um, the ones who begins now to to build some kind of brand in public, they just like I don't say they were going to be more successful, but they're definitely a few steps ahead of the competition. Um, there's wildly successful enterprise sales reps who don't uh, ever post on LinkedIn, but uh, the one who the one the ones who does uh, certainly have a chance to, uh, to to be a few steps ahead of the of the competition. Mm, definitely, and uh, like uh, I, I started uh, doing LinkedIn posts maybe three months ago, and uh, I definitely regret not starting sooner because the f- effect I see the people that talk to me the the stuff that I hear. Uh, it's uh, mind blowing, actually. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And you can meet people on the street or somewhere. Like, hey, I read your post, and you were thinking, like, I have, ev- I have never seen you engage with anything. But it's just like it's it's just proving yeah. that <laughs> people are watching. And I would yeah. say ninety percent of the lead, I get around two leads uh, a week, um, and ninety percent of those leads never engage with any of my posts. Um, uh, they're lurkers and so the one the ones who likes uh, the ones who comments and so on they're probably not your customers uh, uh, they're just uh, they're just peers and nice people and uh, and friends uh, and then at some point yeah. those leads are gonna dump inside uh, with the, in your DM and you would yeah. you would think where did that come from um, it's the 
tip of the iceberg. So, so don't, 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 don't be sad if, if your ICPs aren't, aren't in, interacting. Yeah, now that's, uh, that's comforting. <laughs> and uh, on, on that uh, topic in terms of LinkedIn, you said uh, like mainly inbound and what type of content you post and so on. Uh, can you share some advice for someone who's uh, perhaps thinking about LinkedIn or, or not really have taken the leap to yeah, start their own uh, like uh, content routine or perhaps also to start their own business? What kind of uh, um, advice would you give to that person? First off, if you want to, if you want to start your own business uh, now within consultancy as myself, I would begin doing uh, doing some free work. You can even do it in in, in, in your free time while you while you still have your full time job. Uh, just uh, offer someone to do like four, six, eight hours uh, eight hours a week. Um, try to see if 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 you create any any value out of it, and and try to niche down the service and and figure out okay what is it actually I have to offer. Um, yeah. that is, uh, that is probably my best tip. Like, don't be afraid to take some free work because it will help you immensely, uh, to, to, to figure out what you have to offer, um, to who yeah. and, and how you, and how you're going to execute it also. Um, so it's a really, really good, uh, test environment. Um, if you want to post on LinkedIn, I would suggest that you start to consume content yourself a lot. I would uh, pick up a book, I would pick up a podcast, I would pick something up, and then I would just uh, take a few uh, post ideas from that and try to uh, and try to find my voice. Um, like yeah. when I'm posting on LinkedIn, I I have a writing uh, style that I found that works for me, but it won't work for for someone else. Um, so just find your find your voice and, and get some inspiration from existing content. That you can then uh, utilize to 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 create your own, um, and then just yeah. try to 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 put it out. The nice thing about LinkedIn is uh, actually in the beginning it's 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 somewhat easy because people are rooting for you uh, when you're posting every day. I think that's come that they they get some kind of engagement fatigue. So if you Max have liked my post every day for, for two weeks, then on on the third week you will probably think uh, now, now I have now I have help. Uh, he Tobias. doesn't deserve it. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't deserve it anymore. Now, like now, I did my part. Uh, so you have to pick up engagement all the time um, from from somewhere. Uh, while in the beginning, mm. most of your connections is probably old colleagues or friends or some network that knows you personally, and they will root for you. So you will actually, in the beginning, you will get a you, you will get quite a good push. Uh, I reckon. Yeah, and I think that's when the consistency is key to continue posting because, as you said, the algo works in mysterious ways and you need to fight through the lows to get to the highs. Exactly, and if you're afraid to, if you're afraid to, to, to go out there and, and, be, and talk about your speciality as, as a professional, like a lot of people are afraid of talking about sales because, okay, what if someone tells me I'm wrong uh, in the comments and mm. so on? Like, just start to post about something that everybody can agree on, um, and then, and then slowly get into. Don't have to be controversial, but then slowly just show more and more of uh, of your professional skills in those posts, uh, as you would be become more and more comfortable. Yeah. Good advice. And I think uh, let's end on that note. Uh, the last thing that I want to ask you is um, if you have any suggestions on people for me to invite. Uh, sauce people, 
perhaps from Denmark or in the Nordics or in Europe, uh, thought leaders of some sort? Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, I, I talk with uh, a lot of interesting people, uh, I think. And uh, one of them will definitely be uh, Laura Adam from uh, Dream Data. Uh, she's doing uh, absolutely fantastic. Um, um, yeah. She, she's I actually also, uh, already recorded. <laughs> she's already recorded. Ah, oh, nice man. That that yeah. must have been a, that must have been a, a great episode. Uh, then, yeah, uh, she's awesome. Two yeah. guys. Then there's two guys uh, having a, a marketing company in uh, in Denmark called Sparkforce, Frederick and Casper. They're amazing as well. They are helping mm-hmm. uh, all sorts of uh, SaaS companies. Uh, very very experienced guys. Uh, very into demand uh, demand um, generation. So those guys are very cool. Another agency and then a marketing agency in Denmark called Kilian B2B, which is also very, very strong on SaaS inbound. Um, okay. So that is uh, that is some of the thought leaders that I that I engage with a lot, learn a lot from, uh, talk a lot with, uh, cooperate with in, in various ways. So those these uh, these people are, are very, very um, very, very capable. Um, Lodit is a SaaS lead in, in Yeah, awesome. Thanks. I'll add uh, those uh, companies and people to my podcast pipe. Uh, I'm going to wrap up and uh, finish with uh, some of my key takeaways. Uh, three things that I'm taking with me. Uh, first of all is uh, to uh, have a very clear understanding on how to end your meetings. Structure the three to four mm-hmm. last sentences and teach that. That's uh, one thing that I'm going to take with me. Uh, another one is to create the the hooks or the bridges between the steps of your sales process. Even if it's five steps long or nine steps long, you need to bridge the gap and know exactly what we need to hear and like how to unlock the next step and what value it would bring for the person to actually go on to that step and not just think from a me a sales perspective. Hmm. Uh, and the last thing is also to structure the content in terms of uh, top funnel, mid funnel, bottom funnel to like do a bit of everything and see what works to get the, both engagement and perhaps also to convert the leads. Exactly. That sounds like a few uh, good takeaways. If, uh, if if I if I'm the one to if I'm the one to evaluate. Yeah, no, I'm I'm happy. Uh, Tobias, thanks a lot for joining me. It was a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I hope you have a great time in Sri Lanka. And uh, wish you all the best going forward. Thank you, and likewise, and thank you for having me. Of course, take care. Bye. All right, shifting the focus to you that's been listening, just want to remind you that this is an interactive podcast, so hit the link in the episode description. There, you can join the discussion with other listeners and comment on episodes. You can also submit ideas for upcoming guests, topics, or simply upvote what other people have already suggested. Also, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it to someone that might be curious, friends, coworker, or that random person in your LinkedIn feed. Last but not least, leave a rating if you enjoyed it. While you're at it, add me on LinkedIn to see short video clips from the podcast and enjoy the rest of your day. See ya. Last quarter, I smashed my quota. Short memory, I forgot what I sold you. Sales pro wisdom like Yoda. I want to witch my prospects at your phone up. Now you got me hitting the phones. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phones. One call closer while sitting at home. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phones. Last quarter, I smashed my quota. Short memory, I forgot what I sold you. Sales pro wisdom like Yoda. I want to witch my prospects at your phone up. Now you got me hitting the phones. I'm in sales, I love hitting the phones. Phones. Gotta hit the phone. One call closer while sitting at home. I'm in sales. I love hitting the phones. Gotta hit the phone.